Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, July 1st. S&P futures are trading essentially unchanged, uh, flat to down maybe one or two points. The European indices are up about 30 to 40 basis points. Asia was a little bit more mixed, but generally traded higher with the exception really of Japan and Hong Kong was close. Um, Very quiet morning. You know, part of this is a function of minimal news and part of it's a function of, I think, just the holiday approaching in the U.S. where you're definitely seeing attendance and liquidity thin out into that three-day weekend. Um, So running through some of the major items for this morning, the June PMIs um, are really kind of the major area of economic focus. In Asia, they were decent. So they rose versus May and June. I think that was largely as anticipated. Um, You know, not spectacular, but certainly encouraging, you know, continuing with that theme that we've seen globally of economic data after the trough in April, um, you know, continuing to advance on a sequential basis. The European figures less important just because we get the flash numbers out of Europe. So today is more just a, you know, confirmation of that flash figure. Um, There were some areas of disappointment. So the Macau gaming numbers were still pretty grim in June, um, not seeing much of a pickup there. And then South Korea trade figures were soft as well. Um, so that's the economic side on the COVID front, you know, another very grim day of transmission figures from yesterday. Um, you know, I know the market tries to get very excited when you see the intraday flashes cross in bold red headlines. And if the percent change is less than the seven day average, people seem to consider that a positive. Um, you know, I, I think you really need to kind of step back and look at the figures in aggregate. Um, yesterday was another record day for, for air overall transmissions in the U.S., another record day in a lot of major states, including Texas. Um, you know, this is still going to be a big overhang. This is still something that I think you're going to see show up in other figures over the coming weeks. So the transmission numbers will eventually um, turn into increased hospitalizations, unfortunately, increased fatalities. You're also, I think, going to see this show up in economic data. So we've seen this string of sequential improvements on the data front, as well as from corporate commentary. Um, I'd imagine June is going to be a relative apex in that cycle. So you're going to start to see some of the other numbers um, start to flatten out in response to, um, you know, what's occurring with COVID. And you're also seeing responses on, you know, certain states are pausing um, the reopening. They are reversing parts of the reopening process as they look to kind of contain um, this increased spread. And, and you're also going to see, I think, behavioral changes um, as, you know, as, as consumers, again, um, you know, delay that normalization of their economic behavior. And that's all going to show up in the figures going forward. Um On the political front, you did see the Senate pass legislation last night that would extend the PPP expiration date. So the PPP expired last night. Um, There is still about $130 billion left in the two lens. So the Senate will extend that expiration date out a few more weeks into early August. The House has to act on that today. Um, Unclear if they will. Probably they will, um, but not not um, not guaranteed. It's not necessarily a huge, um, you know, a huge issue. I think that was largely as expected. Um, the bigger issue is, again, this kind of fifth stimulus bill that the Senate is working on, not really working on, beginning to kind of debate in public. Um, the Senate is on recess now. They will come back for the last few weeks of July, um, during which time they will attempt to pass this fifth fiscal stimulus bill. Um, you know, again, you have a big f- fiscal cliff coming up at the end of July. Um, it's nearly guaranteed that a bill will pass. Unclear how big it will be. Unclear what the specific parameters of it will be. I think people will be watching very closely on the consumer payouts. Will there be another round of one-time stimulus checks? Will these federal unemployment benefits of $600 a week get extended? Um I'd imagine you are going to see some more uh, money get handed out to consumers, but it won't 
be on the level that the CARES Act was. So there will be a fiscal cliff. It's just a question of how big it is. Um, on the company-specific front, you had FedEx was a big area of focus last night. So blowout numbers, huge upside on earnings, on revenue. I sent around an update on it last night. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is FedEx is benefiting from some peculiar or specific specific changes related to COVID. So, um, you know, clearly e-commerce, um, you know, massive gains in e-commerce as a result of the crisis. Um, and that really benefited FedEx's ground business. You also saw as a result of the collapse in commercial airline traffic, a lot of commercial air, uh, commercial planes are also kind of acting as um, cargo ships, too. So they're holding a lot of freight um along with passengers. And so when you saw all of that capacity come offline, that benefited FedEx's, um, you know, fe- the the Federal Express business as well. So they're benefiting from decreased passenger airline traffic, um, e-commerce, as well as, you know, you had a lot of very aggressive PPE shipments out of Asia during the heart of the crisis. And a lot of that benefited FedEx too. So a lot of changes that are very unique to, I think, the crisis, not necessarily a proxy of underlying economic activity, um, the part of the FedEx business that's really kind of a proxy of just core underlying economic activity, the B2B part of it, um, was soft in the quarter. Management did, they, management did say they are seeing an improvement since April. That echoes what every other company has said, too. Um, so certainly very, very strong on FedEx, but don't extrapolate that to kind of a reading of the overall underlying economy. Um, on the political front, again, more of the same on politics. You had another pullout had Biden up big. Um, you know, up 12 points. That is consistent with what we've seen out of pretty much every single poll. Um, Trump has a huge lead on enthusiasm. So the people who do like Trump love him. Um, the people who like Biden just like him. So that enthusiasm it definitely works in Trump's favor. Um, but for the overall numbers, people, Biden obviously has a huge lead. Um, for today's calendar, you're going to get uh, economics would be the big area of focus. So the ADP jobs report comes out at 815. The street is looking for a very big ad number of about 2.9 million. Um, You know, just quickly looking into tomorrow on the jobs front, you are going to get the official Bureau of Labor Statistics number for the month of June. Expectations are very high too. So about 3 million plus with whispers around three and a half million. Um, So, you know, the month of June will be another very strong um, uh, report for the jobs market can, uh, that's you know a, a uh, extension of what you saw in May, but again, I think June is going to be a near-term peak of economic momentum. So the more important number tomorrow, I think, will be the weekly claims figure because you have seen evidence that that is starting to level out. Um, so that's really where I'm focused. But the ADP today is, is expected to be strong. Manufacturing ISM at 10 a.m. also expected to be strong. So we were at 43 back in May. That's expected to get up to 49.7 today. I think most people um, anticipated getting above 50. So 50 is that demarcation point between growth and contraction. New orders are expected to see a huge increase of about 20 points getting back above 50. So the ISM at 10 is expected to be strong. The minutes, FOMC minutes is afternoon at two o'clock. Probably very uneventful just given how frequently we've been hearing from Fed officials. I think the big area of focus will be this yield curve control policy. This is something that Fed officials have talked about. They're clearly considering it. I think the minutes can reveal just how seriously they are considering it. Um, You know, if they were to go to a yield curve control policy, um, that would be negative. It would allow them to keep rates suppressed um, with less balance sheet um, expansion than would otherwise have been the case. I do not think that they are going to move to a yield curve control policy anytime soon. They don't need to. Yields are staying depressed for you know a variety of reasons. Um, 
So I think the minutes reveal that they are discussing it, but nothing is imminent. Um, you know, I think you are going to see from them either at the Jackson Hole Conference in late August or at their September meeting. Um, you know, I think they are going to kind of issue a formal QE plan versus this open-ended one. Um, and then perhaps a more formal uh, forward guidance as far as kind of what their plans are with rates. Um, you know, are they contingent on any kind of economic activity? Are they contingent on a vaccine um, being produced, et cetera? So those are the areas of focus. You have a couple of earnings this morning too. Um, you know, I don't think anything super important. Um, so that is everything for today. Um, you know, one other issue I think is very important is just quickly back on vaccines. And this is something I've been talking about too. Um, you know, just the narrative around vaccines and the, you know, the assumption that this is kind of going to be, again, a very binary event that a vaccine gets produced, it is 100% effective and it provides immunity in perpetuity. And I just don't think that's really going to be the case at all. There's been a lot written on vaccines. There's been very, very little actual scientific peer reviewed data that gets published. You saw yesterday, actually, the market pushed back for the first time uh, on this Inovio announcement in the morning where they heralded. Um, their vaccine candidate and how they'd seen positive results in the stock came for sale. And I think the market is starting to kind of look through some of the hype and promotion and look at actually what are the underlying data showing or if there is actual any underlying data. So again, the question is not whether or not you get an approval of something in Q4, which I'd imagine you will. Um, you know, again, the question is the efficacy of that vaccine, how long it provides efficacy, and is it something that you're going to see the population run out and actually get? So, and that's something Fauci has been warning about. It's it's going to be the when the population achieves her immunity, and that's when you're going to see some return to normalcy. It's not you know necessarily when you see the FDA approve something. Um, you know, there's going to be probably a 12 month gap between when the FDA approves something and when you actually are seeing um, you know enough consumption of that vaccine to achieve herd immunity. So, um, you know, I know that's kind of not something the market's very focused on right now, but you know, I think there's a lot of nuance in the vaccine narrative that should be appreciated more. Um, so that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.